0: Uh, If you've been coming to church for a while, and if you've been listening to my sermons for a while, um, all of my examples and all of my stories fit under three categories. I put it in a diagram. Food, family, and sports. All of my examples will come out of here. Um, I never do, you don't hear me talking about nature, you don't hear me talk about technology you don't hear me talking about space you don't talk about I don't talk about gaming cartoons it is what it is that's just who I am they're the three big areas of my life if I was to ask you what was the best meal that you ever had what was the best meal that you ever enjoyed right a lot of people will start talking about, you know, fancy food. A lot of people will talk about, you know, they went overseas and they had these, you know, amazing meals and things like that. Can I tell you that there is one meal that is greater than all other meals and it is a meal with someone else. Um, nothing tastes better than a meal shared with another. Why? Because in life, life is better shared with another. Uh, True story, Uh, if you haven't worked out, I'm an extrovert. Uh, When I was growing up, I was 100% extroverted, did not have an ounce of introversion in my life. And then I got married to a 100% introvert. So obviously that didn't go down too well, but we've sort of found each other in the middle, After 17 years of marriage, I'm now, and and I did the test last week, I'm now down from 100 to 88% (laughs) extroverted. But I don't think it's because I'm married. I think it's because I have kids. I just don't want to hang out with them all the time, I think, right? I do not like eating by myself. I don't know about you. Some of you are like that, like eating by yourself. I do not like it. I think food just does not taste good when you eat by yourself, right? So uh, sometimes I'm in a food court uh, and I have to eat you know, because you don't, you know, maintain this physique without eating, right? It, take a lot of, it takes a lot of work to keep this up, right? So I'll, I'll buy something in the food court and I, I don't want to eat by myself, right? So what I do is I'll find, you know how there's like a table of four and sometimes it's like packed, right? And so there's like one person sitting on a table of four. I will go and I will sit on that table, but not in front of the person and not next to the person, but diagonal. Right? You know what I'm talking about, right? And I'll, I'll and I'll be very polite. And usually it's very busy, so I'll be like, Oh, excuse me, is anyone sitting here? And they're like, Oh no, no, you can sit down and I'm like, oh thank you. And that's how it starts, right? And then I'll, you know, I'll have a few, right? And then and then it goes like this. What are you eating? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get that from? How is it? Yeah, is it good? Do you eat here often? Yeah, hey, my name's Steve. How you got, right? I am an introvert's nightmare, right? (laughs) Like, you know, the the poor introvert that's at the food court, that's just like quietly, like don't want to like talk to anyone, but like is already uncomfortable eating with all these people. Like, and I sit down and they're like, oh man, I never should have, I never should have come out, right? I am that person. Why? Because I do not like eating by myself. And it just tastes better. Food tastes better. Life is better when you do it together. Do you know why? Because that's how God made it to be. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't like introverts. God created you. God can redeem you. That's okay. You know, we, we, we pray for you, right? Whether you're extrovert or introvert, introvert, God did not create us to live life alone, but created us to live life together. Actually, one of the greatest themes of the Bible is that we would We are part of a community, a group of people, whole nations to place God's people. And the church is no different. So today, as we continue our series in belong, what what does it mean to belong? We're going to go to the passage in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. And this passage, it, it, it describes the very first church. And we're going to take from it some learnings about what we should be like in our church. So I'm going to read from verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. being saved one of the common themes in the first church is that there is no mention of one single person or an individual act but everything was together everything was shared now today's sermon is titled sharing is caring something that we teach our kids all the time all right sharing is caring do you know the next version of that hogging is dogging you ever heard that one Yeah, right. There's probably a good reason why. Sharing is caring. What are five things that the first church shared with each other? The first thing is this, time. They were devoted to each other. Every day they continued to meet together. They took time to hang out and do things together. A healthy Christian knows that shared time, shared time is essential for our faith journey. Without this investment, you cannot find mutual belonging. The issue with time in our society is that we've taken time and we've made it an individual commodity. My time, your time, right? I need my me time. I need to invest my time well, my scheduling, my week. But friends, only when we learn that we need to share our time with others will we truly understand what it means to be and to grow together. We need to learn to share our time. Uh, This is a real-life example. Uh, we've, We've had some conversations that how you can tell who is spiritually a healthy person is by what time they come to service and what time they leave service. And what I mean by that is this. No guilt, by the way. If you came late, it's okay. Jesus loves you. People who come early to hang out, to set up to say hello, right? They want to hang out. They want to they catch up. They want to build community. And more so, it's the after service. People want to hang out. They go and buy, bring their, their lunch. They come back. They eat it together. They hang out outside on the street. I find this so funny. Every week, right? There's church service, and then some, sometimes there's a part two service outside on the lawn, where everyone's just like hanging out and there's another party in here, right? I, I, gen- I genuinely think that there is a correlation between how spiritually healthy you are and your desire to share time. What's the alternative? People who finish service and before the last, amen. Phew! They're out of here, right? Or, or, and I'm not going to name names, Sometimes I'll go and grab my lunch and come back and I see them eating by themselves in a restaurant down the road or with their family. Come back. <laughs> Eat with us. Friends, time. Time is meant to be shared. Secondly, uh, we share fellowship. Now, the word fellowship uh, is defined as a shared participation within a community. The word fellowship shows us that actually you can be in a community but not participate. But fellowship is to not just be in community but to actually participate in that. That means when we go do something, you come together. For example, when we have working bee, you stick around. Right? When we go have lunch, you, you come and eat. You know, when we have small groups, you come and participate. When we have worship, when we start service, at 10.30, you're here, 10 10.15 right? Shared participation, right? God wants church to be an intentional decision to participate in community. It's a place and time that is shared for each other. Another definition of fellowship is mutual bond, a mutual bond that Christians have with Christ that puts us in deep eternal relationship with each other. A mutual bond that we have with each other because of Jesus, he said, when it comes to fellowship, it's not just about going and, you know, let's go bowling or let's go play golf or whatever. But it's intentional time where we share time and place to mutually benefit each other, to encourage each other, to talk about faith, to talk about life. It's about the we and not about the me. Man, I'm on fire today. These, these are all things you can tweet, right? These are fantastic. Third thing that we share is prayer. The first church gathered to pray. What's prayer? Prayer is communicating to God and communion with God, being with God. The first church teaches us that we can be together, and when we're together, we pray. One of the greatest blessings that we can give to one another is prayer. To invite God into our brother and our sister's life, right? I can give you all my money. It's not much, so you I apologize for that. You know, I can give you my time, I can give you my service, but actually the best thing that I can give you is God. And when I pray for you, and when we pray for each other, what an encouragement that is. Um, yes, there is a time and place for personal prayer. There's a time and place for, for prayers between just you and God, but there's also a time and place for corporate prayer, communal prayer. One of the most encouraging things that we can do is to share time in prayer for each other. We had that at our prayer and fasting week a week and a half ago. That's why I encourage you, 10 a.m., did you know, maybe you didn't know, 10 a.m., every Sunday morning, we pray together before service. It's only a five, ten-minute prayer, but that's what we come together to do. So we share our time of prayer. Uh, Fourthly, uh, the First Church teaches us that we share our stuff. Our possessions. Verse 45 they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They shared their stuff with each other. This is so countercultural, right? Society teaches us that it's about what you can get, what you can assume, uh, consume, what you can gather. What's mine is mine, and what's yours is yours. And yet, the first church had none of that. We share. Like, it's amazing. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And you know what that led to? It led to a community of people that had no need. Imagine that. That is completely against what our society tells us. Right? For, we're all about individual wealth. It's all about, you know, how much can we, how money can we have? How much, you know, how, how, how comfortable can we be, you know? And yet the first church goes to the opposite way. Actually, if you've got something and there's someone in your church in need, then that's wrong, right? We need to be a, a community that learns how to share our stuff. Why? Because community needs were more important than individual riches. Let me say that again. Community needs were and are still more important than individual riches. That is the foundation of church. This is one of the most beautiful things about the early church. Something that we find hard to see today, but we do see it. I've been in ministry for, for 20 years now, and I've, I, the stories I could share with you of people literally giving up their things for someone else. Oh, so encouraging, so beautiful. That's what heaven's like. People give. They give sacrificially so others don't have to suffer or go without. That's the fourth thing, we share our stuff. Finally, we share our food. This is my favorite one. The first church shared meals. They would break bread in their homes with each other and eat together. The best meals are the ones that are shared. Let me uh, read your quote. Christians have always enjoyed sharing a meal because of the rich biblical symbolism, because it is a tangible expression of service, love, and unity, and because of the opportunity it affords for true fellowship and genuine community. Practically, sharing a meal nourishes our need to know and be known because it facilitates face-to-face conversation. The Bible talks. So much about eating. Um, Isaiah 25, 6. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well matured wines, of rich food filled with marrow, and of well matured wines strained clear. Psalm 23, 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. In the Old Testament, if you look at uh, God's people and their big festivals and their big ritual days, the three big festivals, Festivals were all around feasts. The way we celebrated God was to feast together. When's the last time you didn't eat together, but you feasted together? Right? We don't really know right how to feast. Right? It's not really our culture to go to a feast, right? We go to a meal, right? But can I tell you last week at the end of our prayer and fasting? We broke fast by feasting. And we had about, I don't know, about 25 people bring their food and we all sat around underneath the air conditioner because it was hot. That was a feast, right? It was just such an encouraging time and we're just eating and eating all different types of food. That wasn't just eating together. That was feasting together. Oh, what a joy it is, right, to feast together. When we share a meal, it reminds us of our very human need to eat. But it also reminds us of our very human need for each other. Starting in February, our new belong groups. These are the elements that will be happening in each belong group. These are the parts that we'll be sharing. We're going to be sharing a time and a place together. We're going to be sharing prayer and fellowship, stuff and food together. We'll be sharing our lives. We'll talk more about that next week, about the power of witness and stories and testimonies. But why is it so important for us to, to live shared lives and so I'm not going to expand too much, but I, I found this uh, through a book I was reading. There are four things that happen when we share our lives together. One, it's where we find support and encouragement. Secondly, it's where we solidify our shared beliefs and values. Third, it's where we enjoy a shared sense of purpose. And fourth, it's where we get to live out a shared mission. This is what happens when we live life together. But the opposite is also true. When, when you don't live together, when you live an isolated or a separated life, There are three things that happen. One, we become isolated and we become lonely. Like even for introverts, I know, like for extroverts, we become lonely very quickly. But even for introverts, you become lonely. Uh, uh, Secondly, when we don't live shared lives, we find a lack of spiritual growth. And third, we've got nowhere to deal with our doubts and our insecurities. Friends, as believers of Jesus, one of the core elements that God challenges us, and gives to us as a gift, is our community. Now, uh, for people that come and go, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. Well, I, I get that, but I don't get that. I understand that the church has been a place of, of terror and horror throughout the history. I get that. I get that people have hurt you. I get that people have disappointed you. I get that people have broken your trust. Uh, Can I just tell you, that's just humankind. That happens in any organization where there's people, right? We're a bunch of sinners. Most of us are really good at it. We're all selfish people. What do you expect? What do you expect when people disappoint you, right? That's just who we are. Right, But when you say that I don't need community, I'm like, I don't think you understand why God has created us. He did not create us for individual brilliance in no way, shape, form or size. But he created us for community, to share our lives, to share our things. You know, some of us, you know, to share our gifts and our talents. You know, for some of us, right? you you have amazing gifts and talents and, and you rob the community of God because you don't share them. For some of us, you have amazing gifts and talents of earning money, right? And when you withhold that, you actually rob God and the church, right? Because it's like to say that those gifts or those finances or the time that you have, that's yours, And I'm like, nothing is yours. It's all from God. The word is steward, caretaker, someone that manages, even parents, right? Even when you become a parent, it's not like your kid is yours. They are not your possession. They are not your income stream. They are not your retirement plan. You are a steward. You are a caretaker of of God's child. Your job is to do your best to caretake them, to steward them so that they can be a child of God, a human being made in God's image. But do you know the biggest reason why we share? Yes, that's the way God made us. We share because ultimately... That's how we love. Let me say that again. We share because we love. When we genuinely care for each other, our desire for each other to share becomes a great joy. But when we have no love and it's just obligatory giving or obligatory you know, sharing, you know, if you're coming to Working Bee today because you just feel obliged to give, you, you will not walk out joyful. You will walk out hot. You will walk out annoyed. You will like, uh, oh, this church, rah, 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 rah. But I tell you, when you love the church, when you love the community, and when you serve, and when you share time and life together, it is not an obligation, but actually it's one of the greatest sources of joy that we can experience in our life. We need to learn to share now, it doesn't come naturally. Why? Because we're sinful people. We're selfish people. Right? When we wake up, we're not thinking about other people. We're thinking about ourselves. Right? That's just human nature. right? But what would it mean for you this morning to truly understand what it means to live a shared life? As a believer of Jesus, that holds nothing in our hands but the grace that he's given to us. Do you live a shared life? If someone was to look at your life, your schedule, would would they see a life that is shared with God and with others? Or would they see someone that may be successful, may be well off, but still very to themselves? When's the last time you made time for someone else? I think there's a big one. When's the last time you made time for someone else? When's the last time you shared a meal with someone else. Gave them yourself. Friends, God created us for community, to belong to him and to belong to each other, a mutual connection between you and me. We share because we love. God shared because he loved. He gave you his one and only son who died on the cross for your sin. And we know that he did this because of his great love for you and I. God shared his future with you. God shares life with you. My prayer this morning is that we would understand the importance of sharing. And it seems like a very primary school concept, and I understand that. But it's something that we need to understand and to live out in every area of our life. Why? because that's what God desires. I pray that our church would be one that is representative of a community that knows how to share. So this is what I'll finish with last. The, the few weeks that I've been announcing Working be um, my my announcement around lunchtime was very ambiguous, to the point where In my head, in my head, we were going to make lunch for everyone, right? But we had, we were having these conversations throughout this week, and they were like, oh, no, that's not how we understood it. We understood it as go get lunch, come back to church, we'll eat it together. And I was like, oh, because we were going to make lunch, right? We'll just have a barbecue or something like that, right? Anyway, like we went back and went back to the actual live stream to actually like look at my announcement again, and it was like, oh, man, that's so ambiguous, right? And so, We made a decision, okay, we're not going to do lunch. It's 40 degrees. Um, Arnie, who would have, I don't know, he was meant to cook lunch. He's sick, conveniently. You know, just, you know. Anyway, and then we thought, okay, go get lunch. Come back. Let's eat it together, and then we'll clean the church. And then I was thinking, you know what? And And I'm like, I'm getting this message together. And I'm like, you know what? Stuff that, right? Don't go and buy lunch for yourself and come back and eat your lunch here's the challenge right go buy lunch for the person next to you take them down the road right buy them lunch right if you're not sticking around for the working bee that's okay go and buy someone lunch this week right make time and buy them lunch right and i was like you know what If you were expecting lunch to be on today at church and you were like, oh, I actually didn't bring any money or I have no plans for lunch, tell me, right? Come to me, right? And I will introduce you to Pastor James, Ansley, Andy. I will introduce you. (laughs) I, I will buy you lunch today, right? This is a one-time offer, If you are sticking around for Working Bee today, which I am as well, right? And you have not made plans for lunch, or if you were like, I thought church was going to give me lunch, I will buy you lunch, right? Our leaders will buy you lunch, okay? Andy, 100% Andy will buy you lunch today. (laughs) Can't even say no, because his parents-in-law are here. (laughs) We need to learn to share. And and, And please don't get me wrong. I don't think I don't think our church is a very selfish church. I actually think our church is a very generous church. In, in, when we look at our ministry teams and we look at how many people sign up, how many people join our belong groups, how many people serve in all of our different ministries, we actually have a very high percentage of our community working together. When you look at our giving, it's actually a very healthy giving that that we have so i'm not saying that you know like you know get off your butts and you know we need to do this you know i'm not having a cracker. you i'm encouraging you to be more that's it all right and i think as we learn to share more i think god will honor that even more so let's be that kind of community all right let's be a sharing sharing is Amen. amen let's pray